Welcome to the Live to 110 podcast. My name is Wendy Myers, and you can find me at livetoone110.com. And I'm really excited today. We're going to be talking to Pam Colleen of pamcolleen.com, K-I-L-L-E-E-N.com. And she is a fellow mineral balancing practitioner. Um, who's an expert about adrenal fatigue and uh, using this kind of program that uses a hair mineral analysis to heal adrenal fatigue. And we're going to be talking about why it is such a plague in society today and what you can do to heal it. It does take time to heal it, but it can be done without hormones. Uh, doctors love to give hormones to correct this condition because the those glands, the adrenal glands, make about 10 different hormones, including estrogen and testosterone. But I assure you that is not the answer for long-term health. Um, but before we get started, I have to do the disclaimer. Please keep in mind that this program is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease or health condition and is not a substitute for professional medical advice. The Live to 110 podcast is solely informational in nature and for your entertainment purposes. So please consult your healthcare practitioner before engaging in any treatment that we suggest on the show. And I'm really excited. I'm going to be talking at the Bulletproof Conference this weekend. Um, it's probably by the time this airs, it'll be last weekend. Um, but I'm going to be speaking about infrared saunas and how to detox 100,000 chemicals from your body and heavy metals as well. It's one of my very favorite, most effective detox tools that you can use, aside from my mineral power program, of course. Um, but I'm going to be there talking with Abel James and Dr. Sarah Gottfried and uh, so many people uh, in the health panorama. Uh, all the experts in the field are going to be converging on Pasadena, which is a community outside of Los Angeles, September 26 to 28. So definitely, um, you know, join next year because by the time this airs, it will be over. <laughs> so very, very excited about that. So today we're going to interview uh, Pam Colleen. She is the author of Addiction, The Hidden Epidemic and co-author of the New York Times bestselling book, The Bird Flu Hoax. I have seen that book. I, I did not know that you wrote that. <laughs> and uh, she has been independently studying nutrition and natural health for over 20 years and her interest in these areas stems from overcoming her own lengthy battle with chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, and multiple chemical sensitivities. A lot of people are dealing with those today. And as a nutritional consultant, she offers her clients a very comprehensive program um, which focuses on restoring their biochemical imbalances. And uh, she uses, does her program is called Nutritional Balancing, very similar program that, that uses, uh, you know, mineral balancing using a hair mineral analysis. And she's also a dynamic and diverse public speaker and radio personality, which is why she's coming on my show. And her <laughs> website is pamcolleen.com. Thanks for coming on the show, Pam. <laughs> Thanks for inviting me, Wendy. It's great to be here. Yes, yeah, so uh, we were talking a little bit about the show, and you were telling me your story. Why don't you tell me, you know, the listeners about, uh, you know, why you're so passionate about health and how you found uh, mineral balancing using hair mineral analysis? Yeah, it was it was a total fluke. Um, you know what it's like when you're out there and you're spinning your wheels trying all sorts of stuff uh, that isn't working. Uh, I was fortunate, however, um, that I found the work of Weston A. Price prior to finding nutritional balancing. So I did have uh, an advantage, I think, in that department in that the learning about animal fats and so on was just so crucial for my adrenals to recover in the first place. And then finding nutritional balancing, that was just like the icing on the cake, so to speak. That has just done nothing but fine tune my health. And um, and I, abs I absolutely love what I do. 
But uh, my clients and I can all vouch and you can vouch for the fact that, you know, when you're not feeling uh, quite well, if you're running on zero cylinders or one cylinder, two cylinder, four cylinders, you know, something's just not right. And you go out and you try all sorts of things to get yourself back to running on all eight cylinders. And it can be so infuriating uh, trying all that hocus pocus and never really feeling like it's amounting to anything. And then when you find nutritional balancing, yes, it's overwhelming, or if you'd like to call it mineral balancing, it's extremely overwhelming uh, simply because it, the journey is so long and it takes, it's a lot of work, a lot of application, a lot of frustration. Uh, but in the end, of course, it's extremely rewarding because you can get your health back yeah. uh, using, using this modality, but you have to be extremely committed and focused and, and it, very patient as well. Yeah. And so um, patience find, is the hard part. <laughs> it is. And, and you know, if people, unfortunately, you see that people drop out of the program and it's really heartbreaking when that happens because it generally happens for two reasons. Number one, uh, people go through the detox. I mean, my, my clients jokingly call themselves toxic cesspools. That's a pretty good description of what's going on, right? And so when we start stirring up what I call the hornet's nest inside of people, it doesn't feel good. Yeah. And unfortunately, pretty much everybody's going to go through it. You have to be willing to go through it in order to be, before you actually enroll in the program. Yeah, I, t- I tell people they've got to deprogram themselves that they can't take a pill and feel better. That's what the do- that's what the doctors do because they're covering up symptoms. But the, like right. you said, they go to doctor after doctor after doctor and they don't get well. And so, but they still have this expectation. You've got to let that go. Not reality. Right. They really don't think the detox should be happening to them or they can't stand the detox and they quit or they are new at natural health and they you know, think they believe all the claims that they're hearing in what I call the candy store, you know, the candy store of uh, natural health practitioners and supplements. People believe the claims that they're making and they go out and they want to keep trying something that's going to help them feel better faster. And uh, it's heart wrenching for me to see people do that because I've been through it. My clients have all been through it. Um, but the seduction process of uh, really believing that things like chronic fatigue, depression, brain fog, anxiety, OCD, insomnia, low, low libido, the you know, the utopia is that these things can go away quickly, but they, it takes time to get the body back into balance so that all of these systems are functioning properly. Yeah. And so let's talk about adrenal fatigue. Um, so, and we're going to talk about how uh, these kinds of mineral balancing programs, there's different programs that have a very similar premise, balancing the body. So what we're going to talk about how those heal adrenal fatigue, but what is adrenal fatigue? Since uh, so many people are afflicted with this and don't know it yet, but uh, what exactly is adrenal fatigue? Well, I call it the body's battery is worn down. That's how I like to describe it. The batteries are just not working properly. And the batteries are the body's uh, adrenal glands. And when the adrenal glands are being overly stimulated day in, day out, year in, year out, uh, they're going to wear out. And because the adrenal glands control the balance of minerals in your body, and that includes uh, their ability to kick out unwanted metals. Uh, when the adrenals lose their ability to do that, of course, we become these toxic cesspools. So the healthy minerals fall out of balance, the unwanted metals move in. And because our minerals are our spark plugs, this will influence uh, neurotransmission. This will influence uh, hormones, blood sugar control, thyroid function, and so on. So a lot of people will come to me and they just want to blame the problems on their neurotransmitters or they want to blame their problems on their thyroid. It's very myopic and that's it's just too simplistic uh, an approach. You have to look at all systems together uh, in order so that people can um, 
you know, return to running on all eight cylinders. But the, the core is always going to be the adrenal gland. So whatever I'm working with, I mean, it's interesting to know people's diagnosis. It's interesting to know their labels, whether they have Parkinson's, whether they have epilepsy, whether they have chronic fatigue or insomnia or infertility issues, low libido. Whatever their label may be, it's interesting to know their label. But what is more important for practitioners like you and me is to look at their biochemistry because that's really the underlying factor we have to look at and consider in order to essentially rebuild uh, that human, you know, like a bionic person. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So, uh, you know, in my understanding that uh, historically cavemen and paleolithic man, they worked a 17 hour work week. You know, they did their hunting and their gathering and they relaxed with their family. That's not happening today. So I think our adrenal glands are really wimpy. Um, they're not set up for modern life. And we're working, you know, someone's lucky if they work 40 hours a week. I don't work 40 hours a week. I work seven days a week, but I love what I do. So I'm lucky that way. But so what are the factors that are causing adrenal fatigue in addition to people working way, way, way too much? Okay, so in my last book, I talk about that term, the fast new world. We're living in a fast new world. It's a synthetic new world. We're just not designed to be busy, 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 get up at seven in the morning, go till midnight. That's just not how we're designed to operate. But another thing that's uh, wearing down the adrenal glands uh, is this high carbohydrate, low fat diet, because the best fuel for the adrenal glands to keep the adrenal glands strong uh, is animal fat. And so if you look at, at the history of, uh, chronic fatigue and depression. I know it's been around these conditions. Don't get me wrong. I know they've been around for a long, long time, but the epidemic really, really began more so in the 1980s. And I was in that first wave uh, when people started collapsing with things like chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, and uh, so on, more mood disorders in general. But if you look at the history, what happened in the 70s that led to that epidemic becoming worse, worse in the 1980s? And in the 1970s, that's when we went really hardcore with the low-fat diet. And I can tell you in the 1970s, I went hardcore with a low-fat diet. And, of course, by the 80s, I collapsed with chronic fatigue. So I was in my early 20s when I collapsed with the chronic fatigue and and fibromyalgia. So, um, and if you look at the the numbers, you know, you'll see that there's it's no coincidence why this tsunami has been getting worse and worse and worse uh, because so few people still really know about the importance of animal fat in the diet. And as you, as a practitioner, you know, Wendy, it's really difficult to get people uh, stabilized without the animal fat. Yeah. The, my vegetarian clients forget it. I mean, it's, it's very difficult for them to heal their bodies without the, more animal fats. The vegans, you know, vegetarians get by eating dairy and things like that, but the vegans, it's difficult for them. Oh, yeah. No, I, I don't work with vegetarians. And uh, there's other reasons. I mean, I want my clients eating red meat. And um, it's just going to be easier to stabilize them if they're eating enough red meat, at least uh, one serving of red meat a week. I mean, I have clients that eat way more than that. Um, yeah. But one thing uh, as an addendum here is when you transition to what I call the three square meal model, where we're returning to getting about 70% of our calories from animal fat, which is what you, your ancestors and my ancestors had adapted to. When we return to eating animal fat in the diet, it can be problematic. And I'm sure you've seen this with your clients. Um, so even if people aren't working with people like you and me, Wendy, uh, they've got to realize there it could be a bumpy ride returning to animal fat in the diet, simply because, as you know, as the adrenals get weak, this adversely affects digestion, things like the production of hydrochloric acid in the stomach, and bile 
and for hydrochloric acid and bile to communicate properly, uh, it, it takes time because it, re it relies on the strength of the adrenal glands and the balance of minerals. So when you return to animal fat in the diet, you have to put things in your stomach to help support your digestion. So I tell my clients, I need you to trick your stomach into thinking it's acidic because right now it's not going to be acidic enough. Yeah. So they have to do things like raw sauerkraut, uh, lemon water, apple cider vinegar, uh, pickles, pickle juice, sauerkraut juice. They have to do things in order to trick their stomach into being acidic. I'm all about the pickle juice. Love me some pickle juice. <laughs> Isn't it fantastic? I mean, you yes. have a little bit of nausea, and you sip on some pickle juice, and it really helps settle yeah. the tummy. It's incredible. It works really quickly. And then you have to use a specific digestive aids in order to get the bile going. But even more importantly than that, of course, the coffee enemas are just magical. Yeah. You know, I, mm -hmm. I, I, I make the coffee enemas mandatory for my clients simply because I used to be lenient about using the coffee enemas. And back then, you know, I'd have like a 95% dropout rate because people couldn't handle the detox, right? Yeah. And uh, so now I make them uh, mandatory. It's just not worth my while for people to do, you know, a year on the program and then quit. Yeah. You know, yeah, a it's... year in nutritional balancing time is not very long. Yeah. So people are still going to be sick, generally speaking, a year into the program. That's just not uncommon. And so you listeners out there, if you're not familiar with coffee enemas, you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. What did she just say? Coffee enemas? Um, these are something you can learn about on my website, Pam's website. And uh, I've got a podcast about coffee enemas and the amazing, unbelievable benefits of coffee enemas and how they make you feel like a million bucks. So uh, that's something that we both use uh, with our clients because... Uh, they get that bile flow going. They they stimulate right. bile flow, and you have to have that for digestion and to detox metals. That's right. And it's uh, mythology, as you know, that fiber is going to help us with our digestion. I mean, that's just sheer mythology. Um, and I I have a books list on my website, um, and I highly recommend the book Fiber Menace. You know, um, I was one of these ones that got so fooled into thinking fiber was going to help my digestion, you know, and it's really about getting the bile going. So if you want to have good elimination, you need to get your bile going. And bile becomes extremely stagnant without enough animal fat in the diet, because why should bile show up if there's not enough animal fat in the diet? So bile essentially goes to sleep. And on top of that, it gets thick, like toothpaste. And so it's going to form gallstones in the bile duct system. So this is a big hurdle that a lot of people have to overcome. And it can take a year, two years, whatever the case may be, in order to get the bile to start behaving properly. Yeah. And then people so, get their, gall their gallbladders removed, which is insane craziness. When yeah. they just need to take some ox bile or another kind of supplement or eat bitter, sour, tart foods to get it going. Yeah, yeah, it can be difficult. I think when, uh, where the, um, the gallstones that can form in the sac, in the gallbladder, can be enormous and in some cases cannot be overridden. I've only rarely seen people have to get their gallbladders removed. A lot of the times what it is is there's hundreds, if not thousands, of gallstones trapped within the bile duct system. And uh, oftentimes my clients might do a liver gallbladder flush and see nothing come out at all. That's incredible. That's how incredibly blocked up uh, the, the highway system is with their bile ducts, right? They may need to do three, four, five, six uh, liver gallbladder flushes just to explode out uh, those stones. And uh, mark my words, there's going to be a lot there. 
And don't go running. You can go running to a doctor anytime you want to for testing. Um, but generally speaking, um, when you go for testing to see if you have gallstones, uh, you can pretty much bank on the fact that the test will not show the gallstones. Usually they, the tests come back uh, negative. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And yeah. so, um, so what are we going to some of the other causes of adrenal fatigue? So what are, well, some, of the, so what are some, some of the things people are doing to just wear those things up? Right. Yeah. Things that are where we're not obeying mother nature. Um, so being uh, excessively busy is one thing. So you wake up in the morning and you go till midnight, you just sort of workaholic type of uh, lifestyle that's going to wear down the adrenal glands, you know, a low fat diet that's going to wear down the adrenal glands. But another big, big subject that nobody likes to talk about, Wendy, is exercise. Yes, 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 yes. I have a lot of exercise-aholics. Because it's healthy, right? It's a taboo for us to be talking about this right now. Exercise is so healthy. (laughs) Like vegetarianism is so healthy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so what's the problem? What's the happy medium? I'm sure there's, you always can get too much of a good thing. So what is the happy medium that people should be doing? Right. I call it smart. You want to do smart exercise. So um, I'm not anti-exercise, but it can be excessive. Our adrenal glands are not designed for doing long spurts of cardio, for example. If you look at the work of Dr. Hans Selye, uh, who was the foremost researcher in the world on the adrenal glands, uh, and he's actually he did his research right here in Canada at McGill University. I mean, we ran uh, for two to three minutes a time you know, to eat or avoid getting eaten. So we didn't overexert our adrenal glands in human history. This is this phenomenon of exercise is only re- very new yeah. to humans. And I'm a recovering overexerciser, just like I'm a recovering vegetarian as well. <laughs> so I used to do, you know, you get up and you do laps in the pool up at the university, and then you go jogging and you run on a treadmill and you do, you know, all this exercise, aerobics classes, whatever. So I really did my adrenal glands a lot of damage. And uh, now when I exercise, I do smart exercise. So I don't push my adrenal glands. Uh, I, I actually play tennis and I usually only play doubles because it's yeah, not less so work. <laughs> and I get to laugh and giggle and, you know, socialize and yeah. get some fresh air and sunshine. So it's a really smart exercise for me, I find. Uh, another smart exercise might be golf because you're really not stressing yourself and you're still out in the fresh air and sunshine and socializing and smiling with your friends, which is very therapeutic, I feel. Yeah. And other things like yoga, Pilates, Qigong, simple stretching, maybe light uh, weightlifting, just light. Yeah. Um, these are all acceptable forms of exercise. If you have uh, adrenal fatigue, you absolutely uh, need to consider if you are going to exercise that these are basically the exercises you might be able to do. But I will tell you that I have clients and even myself included years ago, I had no business when I was really, really sick. I used to play tennis and do all these things. I should not have been doing any of those things. Even yoga would have been too much for me. And I wasn't paying any attention. I didn't know about the exercise equation. Right. So I do have clients that I work with who couldn't even fathom going out to do a yoga class. It's just that they can't even get off their couch. That's how incredibly fatigued they are. So what I tell them is, you know, I want you to be a couch potato. You need to celebrate this. I know it's boring as heck. Yeah, but watch I, a movie. 
<laughs> Relax. So all big movie fans and documentary fans, and, you know, watch uh, golf on television or whatever. You know, they're all, um, you know, turning into sports uh, golf fanatics just uh, vicariously through television because it's relaxing to watch golf. Yeah. But um, but they they have to watch relaxing um, media if they're going to do uh, yes. you know any television has yeah. to be relaxed. That's why I don't watch the news because I just get stressed out. I could feel my adrenaline going and I'm like, this is not healthy. I just need to be ignorant and happy. <laughs> that's right. And that's, <laughs> healthy. <laughs> that's, that's the trick. I've had some clients who uh, have been watching thrillers or horror movies and then no, 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 that's going to overstimulate your adrenal glands and they're too weak right now. Yeah. Uh, so they won't heal if you overstimulate them. And even people, I've had some musicians uh, who continue to drum or play their guitars, and that's too stimulating for them. Yeah. They have to go on a hiatus from anything that stimulates their adrenal glands. I tell my clients, I want you to imagine that your adrenal glands are in a cast, broken, like a broken arm or a broken leg. And just like you'd heal a broken arm or a broken leg in a static position, that's what has to happen with your adrenal glands in order so that they heal. And uh, the rest of it, as you know, Wendy, I mean, the whole program together, uh, works synergistically. But honestly, if people are not resting, if they're still overstimulating their adrenal glands, I don't see great results in these people. Yeah. And I know there's some people that are eventually just going to take them longer, right? Yeah. It'll take them a lot longer. Yeah. And, um, and also people that are really copper toxic. I know that some of my clients, they, the, they use exercise as a drug that the only way some of these really copper toxic people that really, the metal that really drives them, the only way they feel good is if they exercise. And so they exercise six days a week and it's just kind of this vicious cycle. They, because of the adrenal fatigue, they became copper toxic. And because of the copper toxicity, they continue to over-exercise. And so how can someone manage that, stop the exercise? And then they're going to probably their anxiety is going to go through the roof or their adrenals are going to freak out. How do they manage They'll that? They'll be exhausted when they stop their exercise. Yeah, because they're relying on they're, they rely on the exercise as their crack, cocaine, caffeine, sugar, right, as their stimulant. And this is a dilemma Wendy, that I run into every single day. I mean, when I work with people, you know, my clients call me Sergeant Pam because I'm so incredibly strict because uh, I don't like to monkey around with anybody uh, and their health and their time and their money. So they have to sign a contract to work with me. And in my contract, it says right there, you are not to do any aerobic activity. Um, but I know people, I have friends, I have family that overexercise. And I honestly, I, there's just no way to get through to them about the dangers, the risks in their behavior. They are using, they, they'll go on a bike ride for 50 kilometers. Oh, I feel so great. That adrenaline rush, you know, the endorphins, it feels so good. That's their drug. You can't take, you know, a drug away from somebody who's an addict. That's how they get through their day without that um, bike ride. They don't feel that they can function, but they don't understand that it's counterproductive, that it's in order for them to feel that good they're actually robbing Peter to pay Paul. Yeah. So they're just wearing down their adrenal glands more and more and more. So what's going to happen, and I know when you know what's going to happen to them in the long run, is they're going to start accumulating more copper, more metals in general. And by the time they get into their 50s or their 60s or their 70s, I mean, they're just going to continuously degenerate. Uh, and, and my heart goes out to them, but I... I really, I can't take uh, the candy away from the baby here. They're just not going to believe me. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard because we're so conditioned. The exercise is so healthy. Everyone needs more and more and more and more. Um, so what are, let's talk a little bit more about copper toxicity. 
And um, it's it's something that not many health practitioners are aware of, but it's one of the main causes, at least of my clients, unwanted health conditions. It's a huge problem and causes their symptoms as well, the symptoms they don't want. Um, can you explain exactly what copper toxicity is and how it is promoted by adrenal fatigue? Oh, yeah. And so essentially, our, our adrenal glands are responsible for controlling the balance of minerals in the body. But that also means they're responsible for kicking out unwanted metals. So they also create a protein into the body to grab at the copper, take it to the bile, and then out into the toilet it goes. But because of the low-fat diet, why does bile have to show up, right? It goes to sleep. So now the exit route for the copper is blocked, essentially. And because there's not enough animal fat in the diet, the adrenals keep getting weaker and weaker and weaker. So you see why my clients call themselves toxic cesspools. And when we stir up the copper, it's an interesting cause and effect relationship because when people start taking the supplements and what they do is essentially release what I call the, the hornet's nest, copper included. So other metals are going to be moving as well, but copper is a big culprit, right? So as we, as we stir up the hornet's nest uh, and people feel the copper moving, you know it and I know it. <laughs> They feel it. It's fun so stuff. They, yeah. they end up with what is known as a very distinctive copper headache. I mean, there's, it's unmistakable when you start getting uh, a copper headache. It's a very metallic, a horrible feeling in the brain. Uh, oftentimes, a lot of nausea and vomiting accompanies it. Um, and so it's a shock when people go through the detox. And this is, I'm, over, I'm oversimplifying the detox here, by the way. But it's an episode that can happen here and there while uh, people are on the program. But as the copper clears more and more and more over time, over several months, the brain starts getting sharper and sharper. Mood starts uh, getting enhanced. Uh, sleep improves. Um, libido me. improves. Me. Yeah. But it's a cause and effect relationship because as people hear you and I talk about copper toxicity or even the entire program, it's all intangible. Right? Because we can't see copper, smell copper, taste copper. When people are smoking cigarettes, you can see the toxicity, you can smell the toxicity. We know it's toxic, right? But when we start talking about copper or lead or mercury, uh, adrenal function, all of these things are intangible to, you know, over 90% of the population. So um, it's hard for people to understand when I tell them about the copper toxicity issue. Only until they actually move the copper do they say, oh, my God, this is really what my health problems are all about is this copper it is so incredibly powerful as the copper clears and you can feel the cause and the effect relationship and so you you have to be in store for uh the feelings associated with moving the copper you have to be ready for it the coffee enemas are there in order to help soften the landing so to speak um not all of my clients go for go through a horrible horrible detox but a lot of yeah. them do. Yeah, not everyone does. Everyone's different. Everyone's different. Yeah. Everyone has different. I think everyone has all all the heavy metals in them. It's just a matter of to what degree and what's going to come out in what order. So everyone's a little bit different. That's right. And uh, a lot of it depends on their age when they start the program, uh, how sick they are when they start the program, their level of compliance while they're on the program. It also depends on uh, whether or not they were ever vegetarian. If they were ever a vegetarian, I noticed that they have a way tougher time on the program because they're more toxic, right? Yeah. They're going to have more copper. Uh, and also if they have trauma during the program. So if they have a death in the family or a divorce, a geographical move, if something goes on while they're on the program, uh, some kind of stress like that, 
oftentimes that delays their progress as well. Another thing that um, will delay their progress is if they don't switch to bottled spring water. So if I have clients who don't listen to me and they continue to drink well water or distilled water or filtered water, uh, if they don't believe me when I tell them about the water problem, uh, a year and a half into the program, I'll say, you did switch to bottled spring water, didn't you? And then they tell me, no, they didn't. I'll say, ah, that's why. That's why things are going slowly here. Yeah. So resting, not resting too, that'll slow things down. So do you not even like the carbon filtered water or well it doesn't have the minerals see i've got over here it doesn't have the minerals the filtered water doesn't have it yeah the problem with the uh issue with the carbon is it's not going to get rid of the uh, artificial water fluoridation now you're opening up a huge can of worms for me because i work on uh, getting fluoride out of our city water locally here where i live in ontario it's it's a loaded i mean we can do a whole show about fluoride um but carbon won't get rid of, um, and 70% of the United States is artificially water fluoridated. In Canada, we're, our numbers are going down dramatically. So we have less artificial water fluoridation in Canada, and we are working very hard to stop it. Um, experts are saying uh, that are working on uh, getting rid of artificial water fluoridation. Experts are saying that probably it should be done and gone over with uh, over the next two years. So I've also seen water tests of tap water. Uh, and I, I know a girl uh, here in Canada that I, uh, collaborate with and she shows me water tests uh, and she shares a lot of, uh, information with me about water tests. (laughs) So, um, it's, it's, water tests are inconclusive. What is most important is what you and I see in the hair analysis and what the body is holding on to. So even if you test your water and it shows, according to government regulations, it shows that it's okay, please don't believe it. Yeah. Because what's most important is what you and I see in in terms of what the body is holding on to. And that that's what the trouble is, the water test. When people take their test, their water in for testing, they come back to me and they say, Pam, you're wrong. And I say, no, 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 please don't drink that water. Even though the tests look okay, uh, what's, what's most important is for me to see what your body is holding on to. It was interesting when you we talked at one point and you had said that mercury is a big issue in well water in the Western United States. Can you explain that a little bit? Right, because the coal-burning power plants in China, the drift is going towards the coast, the west coast of Canada and the United States. So if you're drinking uh, rainwater or well water um, from rain, there's a good chance it's going to be contaminated with mercury. Yeah, Yeah, and uh, iron and manganese too. I see that that toxicity in all my clients that are drinking well well water. Well water. So well water, you're dealing with iron, manganese, and aluminum. What you're going to see over time, if especially if um, if they stop drinking their well water, now the contamination has stopped coming in, so the body will actually let go of the toxicity. So the hornet's nest uh, should stir up after one or two tests. You should start seeing the manganese, iron, and aluminum coming up as long as they've stopped drinking the well water. Yeah. Yeah. If you haven't stopped drinking the well water, chances are they'll still stay down because the contamination is coming in. So Mother Nature just keeps sequestering and hiding, you know, the, the metals. Yeah. But, you know, well water is going to be a problem for those three particular metals. Sometimes you're going to see arsenic because of the agricultural sprays. Sometimes you're going to see the mercury. Uh, we don't test for fluoride, but there's uh, there's a chance you'll see that that person will be affected um, 
from even uh, high levels of naturally occurring fluoride, not necessarily always the uh, artificial water fluoridation coming from municipal sources, and copper, because in city, city water, you know, they're adding copper as an antifungal, and also they're adding aluminum to give water that crystal clear look. And because all water is connected, that is also going to affect uh, the wells. Just sounds delicious. <laughs> oh, water is a big issue with me. <laughs> I wish people didn't have to drink bottled water. Yeah. Um, Honestly, yeah. the plastic is, is the lesser of the evils. Yeah, and that's what I tell people. Uh, proper hydration and minerals is much, much more important to your health than avoiding plastics and BPA. It's just a real. It's a reality in modern life. But I, I think you just detox it in the sauna. You just you you sweat those things out. You sweat out phthalates and you sweat out BPA and residues of plastic in the, the infrared sauna. But the xenoestrogens are going to come out through the bile. So if you're yeah. doing the coffee enemas, you should be able to pull out the xenoestrogens from the plastic. Yeah. And let's talk about what people are putting water in, which is coffee and how coffee uh, causes adrenal fatigue, because that's a big one for a lot of well, people. That, again, it's a stimulant. So you're robbing Peter to pay Paul. Right. And so um, when people start my program, I tell them, you know, it's interesting to know what drugs you're using. That's interesting. I never take drugs away from anybody. So if somebody's using meth or crack or nicotine or sugar or Prozac or caffeine, I mean, marijuana, I never take anybody off their drugs because as long as their biochemistry is a mess, they can't get through the day without their drug. Yeah. And just because a drug is legal or illegal, it doesn't matter to me. A drug is a drug is a drug. That's why are people taking drugs? Because they feel lousy. Yeah. And they want right? to increase their energy. They want to change their body chemistry. I mean, the, the drug war is a joke because if people feel lousy, they're going to climb a mountain to get a drug. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And if a pharmaceutical drug isn't working, then they're going to go to, out to the streets to find something that does work. So uh, the drug war itself is going to fail. As long as people feel lousy, they're, they're going to seek out drugs. So, I mean, I'd like to solve the drug war by getting to the root cause of the problem, and that is to getting people feeling like they're running on all eight cylinders because yeah, then you don't, you don't need to have caffeine to get through the day. You don't need to have sugar to get through the day. You don't need to have Prozac to get through the day. You can use your, uh, what, what mother nature gave us. You need minerals. That's what you yeah. need. <laughs> and to feel happy and healthy yeah. and wholesome, you know, without having to rely on a, any kind of drug. Yeah. And so let's talk a little bit more about coffee and how exactly that fatigues the adrenal glands. Like what is that whole mechanism? It's it's going to what it's going to do is essentially it just it it's going to step on the gas right it's going to just push and push and push tons of adrenaline out uh, and and even cortisol and that depletes your magnesium for example and so that just causes a cascade or a domino effect in the body uh, so you see the inescapable uh, effect of drinking coffee right because as long as you're drinking the coffee, right, you're going to keep pushing out the adrenaline and the cortisol and keep depleting your magnesium, which has a spillover effect on your other minerals, right? I mean, in very, I'm oversimplifying it. There's more to it than that, but yeah. off the top of my head, that's the way I would describe it. Yeah. And so yeah. you you have to keep going back to the coffee simply because you just can't feel. Uh, you feel what coffee does is make you feel it makes you feel wired and tired at the same time doesn't it yeah makes you feel wired and tired and so you can't escape that feeling as long as you're using a stimulant 
and, and depending on a stimulant for energy, but it's a fake energy. It's a synthetic energy and it doesn't feel good in the long run. Right. And so you, you just keep depleting and depleting and depleting your battery. So you, then you have to increase your dose over time because the fatigue gets more worse and worse and worse and worse. But I, again, I never take anybody off of their drugs. So if and very few of my clients actually drink coffee, which I'm really grateful for. But if they do drink coffee, it's a very small amount. And what they do is they con- consciously say, for example, if they drink one cup a day i think the most any of my clients ever used to drink was four cups a day which you it's know what it's like there's people out there but there's people out there drinking like a pot or two pots of coffee a day so i think the most uh, any one of my clients has ever uh, consumed was four four cups of coffee a day most of my clients maybe one or two three cups a day what they do is they cut what they're used to drinking in half and they stay with that for a while and then they cut that dose in half, right? And then they might switch to tea, which has its own problems, but it's got less caffeine in it. Uh, you know, we have to watch with tea because of the cadmium and the nickel and the fluoride, which are going to be picked up from the soil, right? So you have to be careful with tea. Yeah. I have tested tea toddlers, and the cadmium and the nickel can be very, very high. So you can kind of dose down in the coffee. But I never take it away from people simply because it may be the only thing they have to get through the day. Just try and keep the consumption to a bare minimum. And then as as your biochemistry gets stronger and stronger and stronger, you should be able to notice you can walk away from the coffee and don't need it to get through the day. Yeah, I think people, once they start getting energy, their their habits just kind of naturally fall away where they just, they don't need it. They don't need it as much when they have natural, authentic energy with minerals. That's right. And so, um, and so let's talk about adrenal fatigue and thyroid issues. Um, is it true that when people have adrenal fatigue that they typically also have thyroid issues in conjunction with that since those two glands work together? That's right. So the adrenal glands and the thyroid work like a gas and a brake pedal. And in our fast new world, our synthetic fast new world, we're pushing on the gas, gas. right? (laughs) We're pushing on the gas. And so, so essentially the adrenals are, I know we call it burnout uh, or, you know, adrenal insufficiency or whatever, but really what's going on for most people is, is the adrenals are in overdrive, right? And so as long as the adrenals are in overdrive, then the thyroid shunts, right? So that's what's essentially going on. So 80% of your clients are probably going to tell you, that they think they have hypothyroidism, right? That's They either think they have hypothyroidism or they've been diagnosed with it. Most of the time, they're not diagnosed with it. Most of the time, they just think they have hypothyroidism. And it's really not a problem with the thyroid. It's a problem with the adrenal glands. And so we, in order to get everything functioning uh, normally, essentially, you've got to get take the garbage out. You've got to get the manganese and the copper and uh, mercury. You've got to get these metals out of the body or uh, in balance, if you will, so that um, the thyroid will work properly. So one of the culprits I mentioned is manganese. Manganese is a healthy mineral, but when people become manganese toxic, right, that's when it's going to interfere with the thyroid gland. Uh, mercury, we just want to get it out of there. You know, uh, We want to get uh, aluminum out of there. We want to get lead out of there. We want to get the toxic metals out of there completely. But for the thyroid to work properly, uh, the healthy minerals, which if you have your bar chart in front of you, are the ones on the top part of your bar chart, 
Um, those are the minerals that need to be in balance so that the thyroid turns on. And the analogy that I use here is like when you get your minerals in balance, that is now like the key fitting the lock, right? Now the thyroid will work properly. So, um, you know, because ends up, because minerals are catalysts, because they are, are spark plugs, right? That's why uh, the thyroid is not working. That's why when you go out and you take all sorts of thyroid uh, supplements or medication, you still don't feel right, right? Is because you haven't dealt with the underlying cause of why the thyroid isn't working properly. Uh, in terms of your biochemistry, in terms of the test results, you know, if you look at your CA to K ratio, your calcium to potassium ratio, and then look up at the top of the part, part of the page and you look at your levels, that's what has to be fixed in order so that your thyroid turns on properly. Yeah. And that's dependent, of course, on the functioning of your adrenal glands. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I love because uh, that's what a lot of people don't understand. They think that, oh, I need to fix the thyroid and the doctor gives them something for the thyroid or they think, oh, they have adrenal fatigue. It's not isolated. Those, those two work together and it's all being caused by the underlying imbalances in the body chemistry. You can't just fix one thing and expect miracles to happen or take an adaptogenic herb or hormones, uh, take hormones to make up for what the adrenal, adrenal glands aren't making. That's what my naturopathic doctor recommended for me. And I was like, no, 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 no. I am, I'm 40. I, I don't need to have bioidentical hormone replacement. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about that and how that really doesn't work at all to heal mm -hmm. the adrenals and how the adrenal health continues to decline as you are taking bioidentical hormones, be they synthetic or bioidentical. Same thing I in almost, my book. Yeah, I almost fell into that trap and I'm glad I didn't. I was gonna write my last book about bioidentical hormones because I thought, oh great, they're gonna help people, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> no, I'm so much uh, happier that I found nutritional balancing. Um, no, the problem with using bioidentical hormones is, number one, they can actually increase your chances of developing cancer. Uh, number two, they're not dealing with the underlying reason why the hormones are not uh, in balance in the first place. And in, as a segue, because we were just talking about the thyroid gland, you know, it's um, probably one of the top prescribed drugs here in North America is to prescribe, especially women, thyroid medication, right? And what happens is, as women get their uh, thyroid medication, whether it's Synthroid or whether it's Armor or what have you, and they feel better for, say, two or three months on the thyroid medication. But then what happens is they plateau. Nothing seems to happen after that. They still don't feel quite well, but they remember feeling better for about three months. So they think they're they're going to stay on it because they, they remember having some improvements well, on the thyroid increase medication. Increase the dosage. And they just stay on, they stay trapped in taking thyroid medication for potentially decades, which is really very tragic because um, it, it's really not fixing the problem. And they're still going to have a lowered quality of life simply because their thyroid isn't, uh, hasn't been properly addressed. And doesn't it cause adrenal fatigue? Doesn't it really, the thyroid hormones and the, the, the supplemental ones really push the adrenals as well? Yeah, it can act like a poison on the body. So sometimes if people are taking thyroid medication, I can actually see the sodium, the potassium pushed up because of the poisoning effect of the thyroid medication. Sometimes, not all the time. But that said, if somebody needs thyroid medication, they should take their thyroid medication. I have a few clients who absolutely have to take their thyroid medication because they've had surgery. Part of their thyroid has been uh, radiated or removed or whatever the case may be. So some people actually do need 
uh, bioidentical hormones, Wendy. But I will tell you, it's actually relatively rare. Yeah. And it has to do with surgery, right? Um, so I can't take the bioidenticals uh, away from those people. They have to take the, their bioidenticals. Their goal in doing mineral balancing, though, is that they want to take as low a dose as possible. That's why they do the mineral balancing. They don't feel quite right yet. They don't. They know that the bioidentical hormones aren't cutting the mustard, so to speak. Uh, and they know there's risks involved with taking uh, bioidentical hormones. Um but they want to take as low a dose as possible. But if you've got all your body body parts, you shouldn't really need to take bioidentical hormones. Yeah. And so what, can you explain the mechanism behind when women go into menopause? A lot of women think, oh, my, my ovaries aren't making estrogen or the other hormones as much anymore. And they don't understand that they will feel like crap in menopause because their adrenal glands, which are normally supposed to take over, uh, in making those hormones, the adrenal glands, they take over when the ovaries aren't producing them anymore. But they can't, uh, usually because they have adrenal fatigue. So a lot of menopausal symptoms are actually from adrenal fatigue. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, that's right. But the other thing is, is because bile is so stagnant, Wendy, right? And copper and estrogen have a, a very tight relationship in the body, right? So if copper goes up, estrogen goes up. And what is the term that you hear very commonly among the hormone doctors is the term estrogen dominance, right? And the, the importance of, of getting progesterone and estrogen in balance, right? Now, I've yet to see anybody who really knows how to balance the hormones per se. It's too so complex. It's so complex. It's guesswork. They're just guessing. And so why don't we just give the body what it needs so that it balances the hormones on its own? That's my approach. And so when I learned about copper toxicity and copper's role with estrogen, and we see um, when you see somebody who's copper toxic because they because of environmental exposures or because they've been a vegetarian, right? You know there's going to be an estrogen dominance problem. But let's not forget this very important point. Bile gets thick. Um, due to copper toxicity, because copper pushes estrogen up, which pushes progesterone down. And when copper, when uh, progesterone and estrogen go to balance, bile gets thick. So now how are you going to get rid of your estrogen? Because estrogen needs to come out through the bile too, just like copper does, right? So we have to, when we use our estrogen, it needs to be used and then you, you evacuate it. But we can't forget that there's all these environmental estrogens out there as well. And so those two will, um, because of mimicry, are going to confuse the balance of estrogen to progesterone. So when I have ladies who are going through, for example, hot flashes, perimenopause, right? I mean, they have to, yeah, we've got to get the minerals in balance, but they have to work really hard to get their bile going. And that's really what it comes down to. So I'm menopausal, but I don't have any symptoms. You know, my peers are all um, symptomatic. You know, they're all going through insomnia. They're all, um, you know, their hair is all dry and brittle. You know, um, they, their hair is falling out. Uh, they have all sorts of symptoms, low libido, et cetera. Now, I'm fortunate because I've done so much work. I don't have menopausal symptoms. It's, it's all just a nice breeze for me. It's like nothing's happening. Um, but I'd say the vast majority of women out there are uh, struggling going through menopause, which is not normal. And unfortunately, in today's day and age, a lot of these symptoms have been normalized yeah. uh, by society. And that's 
the problem because most women are going to just say, oh, it's insomnia. I can I can solve this on my own and or oh, who cares if my hair is getting all dry and brittle? That doesn't matter. Or, you know, I, I don't I don't love my husband anyway, so I don't care if I don't have a sex drive. You know, what I, mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean, I I think all of these things uh, should be in, uh, rectified to have a full quality of life, you know, um, and it's not it's totally unnecessary. People don't have to suffer. But without understanding bile, I mean, they're going to continue to suffer. You've got to get that bile going. And to get that bile going means you have to get rid of the copper. Because as long as the copper's there, the bile's going to be thick. Yeah. And also, the, the liver metabolizes excess estrogen. So it's important, again, to do coffee enemas, get that liver working, get that bile flowing, so you can get rid of that excess estrogen. That's right. That's wow. right. And, and it sounds easy to do. It's just not. <laughs> yeah. And what drives me nuts also is when people go to their doctor, if it's a naturopathic or whatever doctor that they're worshiping at that moment, um, they, uh, they, they, they test the estradiol or the other estrogens, uh, in the blood, but they're not testing for the xenoestrogens, the pesticides and all these things that are locking into the estrogen hormones. So people, inadvertently may even though they're testing really low on estrogen are actually estrogen dominant because of all these xenoestrogens in the in the environment yeah yeah you have to assume you're estrogen dominant it's yeah. safer because you can test and test and test some more uh, it's just like going for gallstone testing you can keep going for tests but <laughs> chances are you have gallstones right yeah. so um yeah you're better to assume that you have a lot of trapped estrogen in the body and that your bile is thick You're better to assume that. I tell my clients all the time, I tell them this all the time, that we do not have the cooperation of the medical world on this. And that is that we want to know how much bile we're producing so that we know we have an exit route, a really powerful exit route for our metals when when we stir up that hornet's nest. But we can't go to the doctor and say, how much bile am I producing? But you're supposed to be producing about a liter or a quart of bile a day. That's a lot of bile. And on top of that, you know, the bile ducts need to be cleared, right? You don't want to have hundreds or thousands of gallstones trapped inside of you. And we do not have non-invasive, inexpensive testing to tell us the answers to those questions. So I tell my clients all the time, you have to assume that you're producing maybe a quarter of a cup of bile a day, if that. And you have to assume that you have hundreds, if not thousands of gallstones trapped in your bile duct system. Because it's worse if you don't assume that those things are going on. It really is. And I wish doctors would uh, wisen up on this issue and help us out, but they, they just don't have the tools and they don't have the understanding around the importance of bile. As soon as my clients get their bile going, I mean, I see their, their brains start clearing up. Uh, you know, they start having energy. They start sleeping at night. Right? It's not enough to just have the metals just circulating and circulating stuck inside of us. They've got to come out into the toilet where they belong. Yeah, yeah and so so let's talk about how to heal adrenal fatigue. We've talked about a lot of the causes and whatnot. How does one heal their adrenal fatigue aside from just sitting their butt down and relaxing? <laughs> and turning into a couch potato. Yeah. <laughs> As I tell all my clients, they have to become couch potatoes. Sit down already. Learn to say no, learn to set boundaries in your life, right? You can't volunteer for this organization and that organization and, you know, have potlucks here and potlucks there. You've got to rest. You've got to learn to say no. And uh, that's difficult to do in today's day and age when, you know, there's so many expectations on busy 
women, busy dads, busy kids, and so on. So that is one important thing. It's probably one of the, the most important things to do. Um, because if you are uh, learning to say no and set boundaries, you're going to spend more time, hopefully, preparing healthy meals. Because another very crucial thing you have to do is to learn how to make three square meals a day. Now, in the 1800s, when we had very little in terms of kitchen apparatus, right? <laughs> they they knew how to do three square meals back then. And they didn't have cooking shows and they didn't have a lot of cookbooks. <laughs> yeah. They, wing, they had to wing it. <laughs> so I always tell people, if they could do it in the 1800s, then we can do it here in 2014. Yeah. Three square meals a day. Yeah. It is so simple. It, it's embarrassing. Throw right? some if vegetables our- into a pot with a fire underneath it. That's all you got to do. <laughs> and have some protein the size of the back of your hand, fatty protein, ideally. If your gallbladder is, uh, if your bile production is uh, impaired uh, dramatically, you may not handle the animal fat at first. So you may gradually have to increase your intake of animal fat. It may take a few months. It's That's a relative thing, individual by individual. Um, but three square meals a day is so crucial because you need that animal fat in order to stabilize your blood sugar. And if you're waiting too long in between meals, if uh, you're eating too many carbs at your meals, you're going to put yourself on a blood sugar roller coaster ride. And you do not want your blood sugar crashing because when your blood sugar crashes, this turns on the adrenal glands. And what did I say about resting the adrenal glands? You wanna make sure the adrenal glands are resting. So if you're eating too many carbs or you're waiting too long in between meals, right? it's going to turn the adrenal glands on and we want them turned off. We want them resting. So uh, that is one of very critical things people can do in order to help overcome adrenal fatigue. Before I found mineral balancing, I was teaching the classes of uh, Weston A. Price. Sally Fallon uh, very generously gifted them to me many, many years ago. So I've been teaching Weston Price's classes now for many, many years. And I can't tell you the number of people that I taught who felt improvements, just returning to that premise, just returning to eating a bacon and egg style breakfast and a meat and potato style lunch and dinner. And that's how people intuitively ate. It wasn't that our grandparents were ignorant of like the con- the, the new science of nutrition and whatnot. They instinctively knew how to eat. That's it. They knew they saw what was around them in the land. And, uh, you know, I tell people, uh, watch Little House on the Prairie and tell me what you think they ate for breakfast, lunch and dinner. You know, if you take your breakfast, lunch and dinner to the Ingalls family in the 1800s and they recognize everything on the plate, then you're probably doing okay. (laughs) That's how I base my nutrition on is Little House on the Prairie. (laughs) (laughs) The good. We ate pretty well back in the 1800s, you know, and most of us lived on a farm, right? Yeah. And that's why a lot of people today are living a really long time. The people that are living to 110, that's because that's probably not going to happen to a lot of people today unless they follow a mineral balancing program and eat right and do, you know, live by Weston A. Price principles. But these old people grew up eating whole foods their entire lives. That's why they're alive today. And that's that's right. I'll tell you a a really cute, cute story. I was doing a book signing uh, in St. Catherine's. where I've done a lot of radio. And uh, so I was in a, a big bookstore and this lady came to see me. She knew I was doing this book signing. She came to see me with her daughter and she was in her nineties. She didn't have a cane. Uh, she was absolutely stunning, you know, just 
in her 90s. And she wanted to come and see me because she'd been hearing me on the radio talking about eating liver and butter and eating bone broth and lack of fermented foods. And she said, these are the foods that I still eat today that I never stopped eating. Even when the dietary dictocrat said to stop eating these foods, she never stopped. And here she was just as lucid as lucid could be without a cane, walking tall, just striking. And she came to thank me because she said, I know you're right, Pam. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that was great validation. And the daughter just stood there just glowing. She's so proud of her mother, you know, because she's in her 90s and she's, you know, fighting fit, as they say in Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so what are, the, what are the other nutrients that the adrenals need? What do adrenals need to function? Well, they need the animal fat. They need the animal fat because within the animal fat, you have nutrients that help to support the adrenal glands. Uh, so animal fat, bar none, is the most important fuel for the adrenal glands. Red meat. And well, for energy, red meat, like you need the carnosine, the carnitine, right? The CoQ10 uh, and the B vitamins, you need the red meat. Absolutely. But that's essentially in terms of, of um, all sorts of systems in the body, right? Specifically for the adrenal glands, I usually uh, pinpoint the animal fat. But as you know, animal fat is present with protein, right, in, in the whole food. So uh, I hate to isolate as well because I don't want anybody just going out and taking cod liver oil and thinking that's all they need to do because it's so much more than just that. I, I'm a big fan of cod liver oil, um, but I want people to understand that everything dietary wise works together. Uh, and so, yes, the red meat is crucial. And what I was saying earlier, earlier about teaching, you know, the Weston A. Price classes and just seeing people return to eating uh, those basic principles. Uh, and I would teach like over four Saturdays, right? So I see people evolve over four weeks and one week after the next week, after the next week, just doing Western Price principles, people would come to me and say, Pam, I'm already feeling better. I'm already feeling better. And I'd be like, that's great. If you can uh, get back to running on all eight cylinders or go from one cylinder to four cylinders, following Western Price principles, all the power to you. But generally speaking, I find that people need mineral balancing on top of doing a perfect, what you would, I would call perfect diet. And the reason why is because the biochemistry is so stubborn. Once it falls out of position, it doesn't want to go back into position. And so for a lot of my clients who had been doing Western Price for even 10 years, they still needed mineral balancing because the diet was just not enough to get the adrenals to, to essentially turn back on again. Yeah, and that's what I talk about a lot as well is that a lot of people do a paleo-type diet or Western Day Price, whatever you want to call it, an ancestral-type diet. And they, they see some improvement, but it's just not quite. They don't, a lot of people don't see amazing disease reversal. They, and they still have health issues. And that's why. That's right. And it's not their fault. It's not the fault of the diet. Because, uh, you know, I've seen people uh, who come to my classes who are on four cylinders and then they get to eight cylinders. So it can be done. It can be done. The diet can be enough, but it really depends on how much damage they've done to their bio biochemistry to begin with and how many interferences they have while they're doing a Western Price or Paleo-type diet. So if they're still drinking uh, well water, for example, that's not good. They're, they're going to have trouble getting back to all eight cylinders. Yeah. And so what about sleep? How much sleep should people be getting? Uh, you know, people don't like to sleep for some reason, even though it's so relaxing and enjoyable. How, much, how many hours of sleep a night do people need to heal their adrenals? 
Well, part of that is the misinformation. I don't know if you've been seeing in the news, you know, they're trying to say, oh, you only need five hours or six hours a night. I mean, part of the problem is the misinformation. Uh, the other part of the problem is that as the body becomes more and more toxic, as there's more and more copper buildup in the body, right, the copper is pushing and pushing and pushing on the adrenal glands like a crack cocaine, right? And so 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you feel like you're running away from a lion internally, internally. So when you're running away from a lion, there's no time for eating, sleeping, or sex. So these three systems become impaired. Certainly no time for sex. <laughs> <laughs> no energy for it, right? Yeah. I mean, essentially, it, that's a luxury. So when your body's on its way out, no time for these luxuries, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, but the sleeping becomes impaired because you're just on alert all the time from the copper stimulating the adrenal gland. And so my client, and I'd say 95% of my clients start off with me with some kind of sleep issue. They can't fall asleep. They can't stay asleep. Uh, they wake up totally unrefreshed. Um, so there's an, and they don't dream. A lot of them don't have a dream recall. Uh, that's a big symptom. Uh, as the minerals balance out, their dreams uh, come back. And that's part and parcel to having a better quality, deeper sleep at night as well. So, um, so the, the sleep issue is huge, Wendy. There's no question about it. It can take a long time to resolve based on how toxic that individual is, uh, based upon how cooperative their bile is, because <laughs> if their bile is being stagnant, you know, if the liver is very toxic, it may take a year, two years before their bile starts to kick in, you know, and then the copper makes its way out and then maybe they can start sleeping at night. Um, but yeah, no, I want my clients sleeping nine hours a night, maybe even more. Um, nine solid hours. It's not, you know, wake, sleeping uh, for three or four hours, waking up, staying up for an hour, maybe falling back asleep if they're lucky. Um, no, no, no. They have to have nine solid hours of sleep a night. Uh, they may have to get up to go to the bathroom, um, but hopefully they can go right back to bed and fall asleep again. But nine hours, absolutely. Yeah. You know, they, they need their nine hours of sleep a night and they need to chillax uh, a lot during the day. That's hard for that's hard for people to accept. <laughs> they need to sleep that long, but mm -hmm. uh, you know it's you you pay for it. You pay a lot of these people. There's a lot of health celebs that are like, oh, you can biohack your sleep and do all this stuff. You can't. No one is smarter than Mother Nature. You have got to sleep and make the time for it and go to bed early. I find even with myself, if I am being naughty and I'm on the computer and I'm really on a tangent writing or whatever, and I stay up until midnight. I just, uh, it's harder to fall asleep and then I still wake up at the normal time that I, I usually wake up at 6 a.m. or sometimes earlier and I still wake up at that time and you shortchange yourself and it shortens your life. It yeah, absolutely it, does. It, it's going to throw off your hormones, your ability to control your blood sugar. It's going to affect, uh, adversely affect you in many, many ways. But you bring up a good point, uh, Wendy, and that is the inverse relationship of the, of the circadian rhythms associated with adrenal fatigue. You know, what you just mentioned is a classic symptom of adrenal fatigue, and that is um, people get their second wind at nine o'clock at night. And so they intellectually know they should go to bed at 10 or 11 o'clock or whatever the case may be, uh, but they, they get their second wind. So they actually have energy at that hour of the night, and then they wake up exhausted if they were lucky enough to fall asleep anyway. But uh, what, what has to happen uh, in terms of getting the minerals in balance, getting the hormones in balance is getting to them, getting them to the point where nine o'clock at night, they start getting sleepy. They can fall asleep relatively easily at 10 o'clock. 
uh, get up at six o'clock or seven o'clock. You know, that's a nice rhythm to be in. But I can tell you, oh my gosh, the torture that my clients go through just to get into that rhythm. It is not easy to do. But you first have to embrace the fact that that's that's the goal is to get into that kind of sleep rhythm. So to help, to help, by the way, just little tricks is um, is to make sure your room is as dark as possible to use white noise like a a fan running in the background to use earplugs, um, taking a little bit of salt before you go to bed. Mm. That can help relax you enough to fall asleep. Uh, I take calcium and magnesium. That yeah, for that me, can help. I take that to relax my parasympathetic nervous system. That's a good thing. Or even having a hot bath or a sauna before bed. That can help uh, people who are having sleep trouble. I'm Again, it's an oversimplification because there's so much uh, behind the insomnia. But these are tricks that can sometimes help. Yeah. For me, a big one was sleep mask. It's the same concept as darkening your room. But uh, if you're not able to darken it, a sleep mask for me is huge, 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 huge. Yeah, and but, so let's talk about some of the metals that irritate the adrenal. This is the last question. Um, you know, the, a lot of these heavy metals that are inside of us are irritating and stimulating the adrenal glands. Can you talk about some of those? Just all of the, it's a, it's a cocktail. It's really a cocktail because the metals, I mean, the adrenal glands are saying they're invaders get out. That's what the adrenal glands are. That's their job, right? They're saying, there's an invader here. It's my job as the adrenal glands, right, to kick that baby out, to kick out that iron or whatever is in excess and isn't supposed to be there. So the copper is constantly, um, constantly uh, on alert to send out those signals to grab at the unwanted metals, send them to the bile, and then we're supposed to uh, eliminate them into the toilet. So any metals, really, you know, it's just a cocktail of metals that are going to be there to irritate the adrenal glands. But the most uh, invasive one is going to be the copper, simply because copper is so incredibly uh, ubiquitous, you know, because of copper pipes, uh, because of copper being added to city water as an antifungal, uh, because people have become red meat phobic. So they're not getting enough zinc to counteract the copper. So copper will overaccumulate. Uh, birth control, um, you know, it, there's just so many ways. I completely agree with Dr. Eck uh, when he said that copper toxicity is the greatest scourge on society today. I completely agree with him on that. Yeah, I do but, too. Like, it, because we don't see it, smell it, it's it, we take it for granted. People don't, I do classes on copper toxicity and people, you know, obviously I know what's going to happen. Their eyes are going to glaze over, right? Because they're hearing it for the first time. And it's like, no, that's just too complicated. I'm not going to do it, right? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. because copper is a nutritive mineral or, or metal, what have you, the, and it's in all the vitamins, especially prenatal vitamins, people think that they need to be taking it. It's confusing. There's no question. Uh, you know, most of my clients are referrals. Uh, you know, you're probably getting a lot of referrals. People who do the program, they feel results on the program, and they tell you know their neighbor, their sister, their father, their mother, whatever. Um, it's very difficult. I tell my clients, one percent of the population will find out about mineral balancing, but of that one percent, only one percent will actually do it. Yeah. Yeah. So it takes a very precious person to surrender to do this program. It takes somebody who's extremely motivated, who is. Tired of listening to hocus pocus and 
false promises in that candy store of uh, supplements that is out there. You know, uh, it, it's not easy to do this. And um, it takes a lot to surrender to it. You will not, uh, when you start mineral balancing, you will not understand it in three months. You will not understand it in six months, probably not even in a year. It takes a long time to fully understand uh, what mineral balancing is truly all about. Yeah. And it takes a, a leap of faith as well for people to surrender all the knowledge they know and all the pro programming they've had and what their doctors are telling them and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's shining right directly in the face of the program. Um, and it, it takes, it takes, you know, a certain person to be able to let go of that and stop trying to change it or not do parts of the program. I'll do this, but not that and whatnot. And so it is challenging, but it, it works. And the people that do it, wow. They have amazing oh, results. It works. <laughs> it works, but they have to be ready for it, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, it, you know, I can vouch for that because I had to let go. I used to think I, I knew a lot about natural health and nutrition, you know. I used to think I knew a lot about it until I learned this and I went, I knew nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I Keep in mind, I collapsed in the 80s, right? So I've been in this field for a long, long time, you know. And so when I found about copper toxicity, I went, oh, there was one stone I didn't look under. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, I feel very fortunate. I found it early on. Very, very, very fortunate because a lot of people do a lot of different kinds of things. And so I'm, I'm very thankful I found it. So oh, I'm, I'm yeah. yeah. So how long does it take to heal the adrenal fatigues? Um, it depends on the individual. It depends if they've ever been a vegetarian. Um, you know, vegetarians are going to take longer to heal. Um, you know, you can give it a two year, two year window. I'm, I'm fortunate that I understand the importance of animal fat. I think my clients have an edge, uh, over others who may not understand the benefits of animal fat and how, how it uh, relate, relates to adrenal function in general, but also in terms of, uh, getting the bile going. Uh, so, um, I think it, you know, two years is, is a, is a good window. It may take three or four years. Um, if somebody's working a full-time job on the program, they may take longer, um, just because there may be stress at work or they may be uh, not getting enough sleep, um, whatever, or rest. It depends on every individual. Yeah. So there is no answer to that question. Unfortunately, there's no absolute answer. So between two um, and five years, kind of roughly. Probably, probably, yeah. It just depends. Just yeah. depends. And I tell my clients, they take a lot of them take what I call the slow train. Yeah. <laughs> and because uh, they don't want to provoke too much of a detox uh, for whatever reason. So if they take the slow train, it's just it's going to take like the window you're describing, two to five years probably. Yeah. Okay. Well, Pam, thank you so much for being on the show. That was amazing. So informative. I love you. And I'm so glad that we connected and had you come on the show. Thanks so much for having me, Wendy. And keep up the great work. You're doing some fantastic work. So thank you. I thank hope you. one day we can meet at a conference in person and not just, you know, thousands of miles away, yeah. but via <laughs> The next Weston A. Prize conference. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So do you have any closing thoughts you want to tell the listeners or where they can find you and about your books and things like that? Uh, yeah, if they if people want, I have a, a an open Facebook group that is um, where I just post uh, the occasional article or radio show. Um, that uh, so the Facebook is, is a place to find me. Um, I do a lot of radio, so I have multimedia pages where I post a lot of uh, my archived show. You'll find uh, I don't talk a lot about mineral balancing when I do other radio shows, simply because I find it's too much for people to uh, understand. Their eyes just 
glaze over. Your head explode. <laughs> I, don't, I tend to talk more about uh, Western Price's work uh, and other subjects, but um, yeah, my I have a lot of radio shows on my multimedia pages that people might enjoy, and uh, feel free to send me a, a friend request at my main uh, Facebook page. I do have another book that I'm working on um, that will be coming out uh, hopefully by the end of this year as well, and uh, it's based on, you know, the, it's another call to action like my last book, which was a call to action about the addiction epidemic that we have. Uh, this next book is a call to action as well, because I, I just don't see how our children are going to be able to have children, unfortunately, based on how incredibly sick they are. Uh, so I think we, we need to start that discussion. Uh, it's a very uh, important subject that's very near and dear to my heart when I look at our children today and I see how much they're struggling. It's it's uh, it's pretty serious stuff. So um, I hope to have that book out um, by the end of this year. Do you have a title yet? Yeah, it's a survival of the unfittest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so I just started. I just started my uh, my Facebook page for the book uh, the other day. So um, and I'll just uh, now I just have to decide. You you know what it's like. Oh, how do I do? I sell it as an ebook or hard copy? <laughs> There's almost too much choice. Yes, in terms yes. of getting a book out there today. Yes, there is. Uh, I, I understand. I've got to make that decision next. But it's, the book is basically written. It's just all these little intricate details that have to be worked out from here on in. Okay, Pamela, thank you so much for coming on the show. I, I, and I definitely, definitely want to have you come on again and talk about addiction because that's a huge problem. So huge. let's do that Very soon. Big problem as well. So, yeah, let's give these people some hope. Yeah. And listeners, if you want to learn about detoxification and my version of the primal diet, the modern paleo diet, very similar to Weston Price, um, please go visit live2110.com. I talk all about detox. You can learn all about my mineral power program and how it can heal your health and reverse disease and detox you and experience all the lovely detox symptoms that we talked about today on the show. <laughs> visit live2110.com. And thank you so much for listening to the Live to 110 podcast. 